All right, welcome back once again. And uh, I'll go ahead and give you your homework for the week. And just look in the book of Samuel and look what Samuel's warnings about kings. And just give a little contrast of how that plays into the world today. That's nothing to do with today's message. Just a little bonus for you. Today we're going to start off and we're going to look at back in the, the book of Genesis. And uh, we're going to talk about a, a fan favorite, Abram, or Abraham as he becomes later on. And uh, in chapter 12, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and to a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee, I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. I will, and thee thou shalt all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham, so Abram departed as he, the Lord spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. You know, uh, we struggle with faith. And that's one of our, our biggest problems, is that we struggle with faith. We have to have salvation. That's our, our cornerstone, our block, our foundation. And then we have to have faith. That is what gets everything moving. That's what gets everything happening. That's what keeps us close to God is, is faith. And that's one of our biggest struggles that we have. Now, we have all these, these people that we talk about in the Word of God. We call them Bible stories, Bible tales. And they're indeed, this is real life applications, real life things that happened that God took out and showed us these things. And some of it's important for historical reasons. It shows us the path of salvation, the path of bringing Jesus into this world so we can have that crucifixion event, so we can have being covered by his blood, that we can have salvation. And it shows all these things. But all these, these tales tell us a story, too, that we all can relate to. Each and every situation... We can use in today's world too. We can step into their shoes. You know, one thing that I really admire about God is, and one way you can tell that He really relates to us, is the people that He chose to use. They all have issues, they all are flawed, they all sin. They all mess up. They all try to do the right thing and sometimes get off course. And God is able to use each and every one of these situations. Each and every one of us could have been in these situations just like they were. These are not special people, but ordinary people that did extraordinary things through God. 
Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for allowing us to get into your word, Father. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord, and take myself out of the way and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, we can, we can relate. We can be part of it. He is talking to us through these people. Abram was 75 years old. This is a time, an age that most of us wish to be doing nothing. This is what we call the, the golden years, the retirement years. And we expect to be doing nothing. We think that when we get to the advanced age that we are done with our journey. That we've done all we can do and the next thing is to just sit back and wait to die. To just take it easy. You know, this idea of, of retirement and such, that's a, a modern concept. And it's not a, a biblical concept. God doesn't like us to be idle. God likes us to be doing things. To enrich ourselves, to enrich others, to further His kingdom. We're not meant to just simply sit by and, and do nothing. Time is a precious commodity that we have limited up. It's the one thing that you can't buy, that you cannot replace, that you cannot get more of. And he wants us to make the most of it. But he shows us this here. He says to go and do Many of us have never heard God. We, when we hear that God said, when God spoke to them, when they was presented an angel of the Lord, and we see several examples of this, that we get this personal contact to these people. And we, we see that as, as a, a special and a, a foreign idea. But God does speak to us. And we have to get in the right state of heart, the right state of mind, to be able to hear from God. And it's why it's so important that our, our prayer life is so needs to be honed so well so we can talk to God, and be able to hear from Him. We're really good at asking for things and begging for things and pleading for things, but we're not good at receiving. Because we don't know how. We don't know how to stop and how to listen. We don't know how to receive, how to get things from Him. He's willing to give it to us, but we have to understand the process of it. So when we, we haven't experienced these things, it makes it that much more foreign to us. Well, God has never really spoke to me. But we, you know, even if you've never heard his voice, if you've never heard that still, small voice, if you've never really received that personal direction, we still can hear from God. Because he's wrote down all of these things in his word. 
We know that God cannot lie. We were just talking about that. God cannot lie. So if He says it, it's fact. We know, and I'm using the word know because it is a fact. It is a truth. It is undeniable. It's not a theory. It's not questionable. There is no question mark at the end. There is an exclamation point. It is the absolute truth. It is the only truth that we can base anything on. To be absolutely, 100%, positively correct is the Word of God. Anything else other than the Word of God has man influence on it. We know that men will lie. We will sin. We will put our own spin on things for to be self-beneficial. We have to rely on God's truth and God's truth only. We know that God cannot lie. And He tells us all these things. So when we read from the Word of God, that is just as good as hearing it from the mouth of God. It is His inspired Word, and it is His truth. So it tells us things that we are to be prosperous. We are to be healed. We are to have the power as Jesus had. That We are to do things as He did and do things that are greater. All these are things that are truths. Because God says so. So we know that when we ask, that we shall receive it. Because God's answers are yes and amen. So many times we already shoot ourselves in the foot before we ever get started because we use terminology like, if it be thy will. We know what God's will is because He tells us. If we want to be healed, God's Word says you shall be healed. We've seen Jesus running around healing all kinds of people. And if He does it for one, He'll do it for all. We are all equal. That is the truth. But yet we'll go and we'll say things. Well, if it be thy will. If it's like it's a choice. We think of that as a choice. As a way we ask and we're waiting for a yes or a no. And that's not the way God works. God has set up rules and regulations and laws. And he follows them and doesn't sway from them. So if the question is, can I be healed? The answer is yes. The problem doesn't rely with God. The problem relies with us that we have to believe it. And that can be hard sometimes. As we uh, go through the, the story of Abram, he... Uh, Encounters a lot of different things. He has some trouble with some different people that he has to overcome and he has to save Lot. And he's promised, he's promised a, a son. That's how he's going to be the father of many nations. He has to have this bloodline that he can pass down. That means he has to have an heir. He has to have a son. He has to be able to continue his bloodline to be able to to father this nation. 
And when we hear that, you know, he's 75 years old and his wife is about 10 years younger, that is well beyond the normal of what is our human reality. But then we go back to that God doesn't play by the rules that man makes. See, man, we, uh, we discover something in science. We find out patterns and we do these things and we have all these things based on our facts of what our minds can come up with of what our science can come up with. And that's what we have as, as a truth. And then we have a lot of reactions. Something happens. And then we, we make a law to try to ensure that that doesn't happen again. And now we see that a lot of our future is derivative of opinions. Somebody is offended by something. Someone believes that something should be a certain way. And it's nothing based on anything more than a conglomerate of opinions. So then we want to start making changes. And we want to direct things in these ways because somebody believes that this is the way it should be. We think we're de destroying the earth. We think that God doesn't exist. God doesn't know what he's doing. God doesn't follow his own rules. So we have to step in to save the world. And we want to make all these different changes to how we interact with the environment to try to get this accomplished with no real thought into how this is going to take place, how it's going to affect people, and is it really an issue? And of course it's not because God has it all under control. And God wouldn't give us all these things, the knowledge to do so. God doesn't tell us how he is going to destroy the world and rebuild it if there was a possibility that we were going to just do it beforehand. It's ludicrous to think so. God has taken care of everything else. God knows every single event that's going to happen and how to combat it. But we think that we have to do better than him and we can better run the world. And it's just like the warning about kings, what they're going to do and how they're going to take and take and take and take. How the power corrupts. How we fall away from God. And evil ensures. So, God gives us this, this promise. And remember, this is a, an example that applies to all of us. Okay, so God says, that I'm going to give you a child, but yet you're too old to have children. 
Not only are you going to have a child, but you're going to have it naturally. Because, yeah, there's, there's other ways. There's always other ways. But you're going to have it naturally. So this is, this is hard to swallow. It says that Abram laughs because it's just so hard to believe. But there's other events that happen in our own lives that are just as ridiculous as we would say in the normal of things because it goes against facts. Because we might go to the, the doctor and we might get a report of something bad. We might get into a situation where we've lost mobility, we've lost strength, we're not doing as well as we should be. Things are getting hard. And we get told that there is no way back. That this is just the normal part of your life. The normal transgressions of getting old, of a disease, or whatever the course may be. You may look at your financial situation and you put pen to paper... And you start doing the figuring and there's no way to dig yourself out of the hole that you're in. Whatever the impossible task is, that is your baby. That is that promised son. Because all we're doing is, is we're taking that promise that God made to Abram and we're asking for help in our own situation. And just because it looks impossible, just because the natural facts say it's impossible, it doesn't mean that it is impossible for God. So we have a problem hearing God. We have a problem believing God. And then we have a problem waiting. We live in the time of fast food. 20 minute old changes. We want everything instant. Instant coffee, instant oatmeal. We want it now. We're not patient. But God doesn't run on our time schedule. God doesn't run on our time. God's got his own schedule and his schedule is perfect. He knows exactly the right moment to show up. He's never early. He's never late. He's always right on time. That's the way he works. He's perfect in every way. But we want things right away. And that's where we run into problems. Because we don't see things happening. So then we have to go back to God. We go back to God and we say, Hey, Lord. And we start keep praying the same things over and over again. And we get more and more desperation in our prayers because we don't see anything happening. Especially when we get closer and closer to the deadline. You know, you got some kind of some, some kind of something you got to pay, a bill that's due or something. And it's getting closer and closer to that point and there's no money in the bank. 
And you're asking God for an answer and you're waiting, you're waiting, waiting for that thing to show up. And it's just getting closer and closer and closer. Or you find yourself where you're feeling worse and worse and nothing's getting better and you don't see anything happening in your your medical situation. You feel like God's not hearing me. God's not understanding. And it's, you know, it's things that we actively have to do. You know, I find myself sometimes when I'm talking to God, I'm like, I'm talking, I'm telling all these things. And it's not a conversation. It's not letting him know how I feel, but it's more of the fact is that I'm trying to convince him that I'm in a dire situation, which that doesn't need to happen because God already knows. He knows all of these things. He knows what the situation is and he knows how to get you out of it. And it's not our job to convince him. You know, even if that's what it took, if God was up there just actually making choices random, we could not convince him. There is not any words that we could say that's going to sway the creator of the universe. I don't know how good of a salesman you think you are, but you're not going to smooth talk God into bending to your will. So many of us think that that's what we need to do, that we're so grand that we can bend people to our will and we can bend God to our will. But it's not the case. God wants to get us to that point of peace. God wants us to rely on Him and God wants us to be in peace while we're doing it. And I think back to, to Paul, I think back to Peter. You know, these fellas, they were, they were locked up and they were up in the prisons. And for most of us, that'd be a pretty dire situation. But they're just kicked back. They're taking a nap. They're singing because they're not worried about it. Because they know that God has it under control. That's where God wants to get us all. Because no matter what our situation is in life, no matter what our status is, no matter what the bank account says, no matter what our health report says, we are all going to have some sort of problem. We live in a world of sin, and Satan is going to keep throwing things at us, trying to derail us. And what God wants from us is, He wants us to have salvation, yes, but He wants to, when these things go in, when these waves of trouble come splashing up and washing over us, He wants us to stand up victorious, knowing that God's got our back. He doesn't want us living in fear and worry and doubt. And unfortunately, that's how most of us spend the majority of our lives just trying to survive, just trying to navigate this world. When the fact is all we have to do is rely on God. And we want to have it easy. If we just took, and every time, if it was really easy, we didn't have these periods of wait. Because that's where the faith comes in. Yeah, we want, we, want to, we want to just pray and the next day everything will be taken care of. But we don't build the faith that way. 
And this uh, analogy came to me the other day, and, and I hope it works for you. You know, if you're uh, into fitness, if you've you ever worked out, the way that works is, is you have to push your muscles to the point of, of breakage. So if you're, if you're lifting weights to build muscle mass, you have to go further than you have before. You have to do more reps, or you have to add more weight, or a combination of the two. If you're going to run, you have to run a little bit further. And once you do that, the next morning when you wake up, you're going to be what? You're going to be sore. You're going to hurt. That's because you've broke down the fibers in your muscles. But that's a, a, a good thing because what happens is you're going to go through that rest period now. And they're going to, to build back stronger. They're going to realize that what they had wasn't enough and your muscles are going to build back stronger. So the next time that you go, you're going to be able to go right up to that point that you failed last time. And after a couple times with that, you're going to be able to go past that point. And then you're going to go through the process again. The muscles are going to break down. You're going to have to rest and they're going to come back stronger. So we go from benching 100 pounds to 125 to 150 and we keep increasing. As long as we keep doing it, we keep increasing. The muscle mass keeps building and we become stronger. We can run further. We have more endurance and it's because of the, the breaking down and the building back up. And God realizes this concept with faith. And that's exactly what happens with us in the world. We have a problem that comes at us. Whether it be just something of the world, whether it be something we cause ourselves. And God could say, nope, not going to do that. Or he can allow it to happen. And then a couple things is going to happen. A lot of times we just try to fix it ourselves. And then we get in desperation. So then we turn to God and we ask for it in prayer. And then it works itself out. So that was good because we did what we turned to God. Even though it was our last resort, even though we didn't do that first, we turned to God. God wants us to come to Him. Or we have it, we, we turn to God, we pray about it, and then we have to, to wait. So we go through that, that struggle of, of waiting. And it's not fun. Because we have that fear, we have that doubt, we have all these things that come upon us. And we're really wrestling with ourselves. If you, if you really know, if you really want to stay in faith and you really know and you're wrestling with yourself and like you keep telling yourself, no, I'm not going to think this way. I'm not going to do this. I know that God's got this under control. And then we battle with ourselves. And then eventually we're through the situation. Through the situation. Then we realize that God does see us through. 
God is there for us. And we build a little more faith. So the next time something happens, we know that God does see us through. And we're still going to have these fears and anxieties and things, but they're not going to be quite as intense. They may not last quite as long. Because we've built up a little more muscle, a little more faith muscle. Sarah, she has a, a handmaiden. And, you know, you got to really, really give her credit as her, her loyalty to her husband. You know, because he's the one that's giving all this instruction. And he's the one that's had this interaction and the assignment. And she is along for the ride, so to speak. And you know that he struggled, even though, and it just shows you how powerful our flesh is against us. How powerful the, the spirit of fear and doubt and anxiety and all these things, because we have, we have a man that's had a personal interaction with God. Personal interaction. You know, in his mind, there should be no doubt about how real and how powerful God is. We have these endeavors. He has to deal with Lot and, and these different things where he's had to interact again and again. And he's had to rely on God. He's had these situations where he got into fear, which caused him to lie a little bit which caused him to get in these situations and he had to rely on God to get him back out of the situations that he put himself in through fear. Even though that God has told him these things. Because, you know, when God gives you an assignment, you have to be alive to be able to do that assignment. And here he kept encountering these fellows that thought that he was going to kill him. So he would tell lies about who his wife was. Just to make sure that he ensured that he stayed alive. And God had to intervene. God had to intervene. Because of fear. But Sarah, his wife, Sarah, she, uh, she, she's loved her husband. She's loyal to her husband. And she believes but yet, she has that doubt. And sometimes when we're waiting on the Lord, we're trying to figure out how we can speed up the process or how we can do things on our own to make it happen. So the idea was that we had to have a son. So she wanted to do it through her, her handmaiden to speed up the process, to make sure the process happened. Because some doubt set in. Because time, so much time had passed and nothing had happened. But God said, no, this isn't my plan. This isn't my promise. This is not what I told you. But it's okay. 
I'm going to once again take the situation that you tried to manipulate and I'm going to use it. And I'm going to take care of it and I'm going to use it for good because that's what I do. And he did just that. From the time that Abram got his promise from God to the time that Isaac, his blood son that came from the womb of Sarah, his wife, who was 90 years old at the time, was 25 years. 25 years had passed. 25 years for the promise to happen. And a lot of stuff happened during them 25 years. Sometimes we're just not giving God enough time. God's answers are yes and amen. And he knows how these things are going to affect us. We got to be honest with ourselves. If it was easy, if it was instant, then our faith would never grow. Because most of the time, we would just blow it off. God would never get the credit. We'd never see it as Him. And we'd just go on with our lives. No better. But when we have to struggle and we have to endure, and we have to maintain that constant communication, we have to maintain our prayer life, that that is our only option, then when we see the, the miracle manifest, when we see the prayer answered, we know where it came from. We know where to give the thanks to. We know who did it. It's a, a testimony. And it's a challenge. And it's a test. And it's something that we need to overcome. God wants a relationship. And that's one thing we need to, to change and, and work on. When we talk to God and realize who He is. Sometimes we catch ourselves, you just sit back and, and listen. You now we hear the playback sometimes of these things, and, and sometimes prayer can sound so robotic. 
Instead of talking to God, I could imagine myself talking to the little speaker box at the drive-thru. You know, instead of saying I want two hamburgers, a fry, and a, and a milkshake, it's like, Lord, I need two, two healings, uh, some provision, and some safety. You know, we're placing an order. God doesn't tell us that He's our, our short order cook. He doesn't tell us that He's Amazon or a magic genie. He's our Heavenly Father. Do we speak to Him as a person that we are in a, a loving relationship with? Do we speak to Him as a Father? We've been so programmed about how we, we talk to God that it's become just, just normal for that. The way we pray in church, the way we talk to pray as a, as a child, it's, just, it's ritualistic, it's robotic, and it's not a relationship. And it's okay to, to tell Him how you're feeling, to tell Him what you want, Tell him what you would like. He's there to hear all those things. He's there to give you comfort, to give you peace, to give you love. We're so in and out. We, we get up there and we, Lord, I need this, 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 this. Bye. Amen. And we don't take the time to listen. Part of the routine, part of the ritual. We don't ever thank him for the challenges. Thank him for how we do grow and what he's trying to accomplish with us. How he's trying to make us better and more like him. To get us away from this world mentality. You know, hopefully, you've accepted salvation. You've accepted Jesus. You're covered by His blood so that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You know, all these things that we worry about on a on a day-to-day basis, bills and mortgages and taxes and going to work and all these things that we have to deal with, you know, these things are all temporary. All temporary. But our relationship with God, this is just the beginning of that. This is just getting us started. This is just the warm-up. We're going to spend eternity in His presence. You know, God's keeping a, a tally of everything that we do and we're going to have to answer for all of our sins and our, the bad things we've done and He's keeping track of all the good things we've done. And I imagine those records are impeccable we all have a multi-volume set of books with all these things in it 
And I wonder how that's going to look. How many are going to be devoted to all the time we spent in fear and in worry? My wife had to take a test this week and uh, an MRI in one of the little fancy tubes. And she's severely claustrophobic. Doesn't like tight spaces. And so she's been worried about it for a couple weeks now since it's been scheduled about what is there. And uh, I, don't, I don't share that, that fear. Fortunately for me, there's not a lot of phobias that I have. But that's one thing that's a problem for her. And, and we've, we've talked about it. And, and there's, you know, there's really nothing that is going to, to hurt you. It's irrational. But nevertheless, it's, it's there in a constant presence. And I told her, I said that, you know, just wait till it's all over with. And you said you're going to feel really silly because it's going to be, you've made it in your mind so much worse than it actually is. And we do that with so many situations in our life. We go to that worst case scenario and we build problems that don't exist. When all we have to do is really turn it over to God. And we can talk with Him and let Him give us instruction about what we need to do and how to accomplish it. We can seek His guidance both through His Word and by prayer. And that's what we need to be doing. We see things in the world today has become a total mess. And the reason is there's no foundation behind it anymore. We used to be a country that was based as one nation under God. We've taken God out of the situation and now it's just a nation of chaos, a nation of sin, a nation of corrupt morals because we've taken God out of it. God is the only foundation that we have. We all have purpose. If you're here, if you're breathing, you have purpose. And God wants us to be more. He wants us to be an example. We have to have that faith. We've got to work on our faith. We've got to work on our connection with God. 